You are listening to the light of today with the powerful, life-changing Word of Christ that heals, delivers, transforms, and fills you with the Holy Spirit. Let God's truth burst forth into your heart. Stay tuned to the light of today with Chris Palmer. One thing that... Are you happy to be in Bible study tonight? Who's happy to be here? How many feel the presence of the Holy Ghost? Presence of the Spirit? One thing that you, most of you have been here before, everyone's really been here, is that we follow the presence of God, and we follow the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I just, I mean, I really feel the, the Holy Ghost bubbling up in my stomach. You know, I know we don't have a sound system, and we don't have music here. We try and keep it easy on Tuesday nights because people have to go to work early in the morning. I always make sure I'm done by 9 o'clock to respect what people are doing. Um, but I sense the Holy Ghost here tonight, Amen. and that's all we need. And I see most of my leadership's here, and... Um, we're going forward in the things of God. Do you believe it? Amen. This is anointed, Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled ministry. And I remember, I'm going to share, and, and, and I, first I want to welcome my good friend, Brother Moore. He came all the way from Indiana. Come on, stand up here. <laughs> this is my good, come on up here, Brother Moore. Come on up here. There are, <laughs> there are, there are very few people on the planet that are as good of friends to me as he's been for the last the last four years, I think it is three years, he has been a, he really has been a wonderful brother. I love this guy dearly. He passes in Napanee, Indiana, I've been down there a few times, it's Amish country, you know, so he's come up here, me and him are going to hang out a little bit later on tonight, but we love him, he'll always be honored in this ministry, and, uh, you know, he's a blessing to us, so we, anytime he comes, we want to always be a blessing to him, amen? amen? So, go ahead and be seated. And his friend Rich, uh, Rich, Richard, correct, right? All the way from Bay City, or close to Bay City, right? Uh, Port Austin. Port Austin, okay. That's how far from Bay City? Uh, about an hour, 15 minutes north. Okay, well, so. well, welcome here tonight, brother. He's a fellow minister, he's a minister of the gospel. We always honor ministers that here, and they're Holy Ghost-filled preachers, amen? That's what I like them. Anybody guys here tonight? Holy Ghost filled, spirit filled preachers, and they Amen. really all, I can just, I sense the anointing of God on when they came in. Um, but the Spirit of God reminded me, uh, I was in prayer this morning, and how this ministry is, is going to be built, what we're going to build this ministry on. When I, I won't get much into this, but when I um, came back from Europe, uh, when I came back from Europe in October, no, 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 September, in October, right before we started the Bible studies, the Spirit of God, and I don't say every dream is from the Lord, I would say one and a lot are from actually from God, um, but the Lord gave me a, a dream that was clearly from Him, and without going into the dream, He showed me that it was going to be very clear that as we started the ministry in this area, the kind of spiritual opposition that we were going to be up against, and if we didn't be faithful. I shared it with my team one night. If we didn't be faithful to pray, we we're not going to overcome that opposition. It's just not going to happen. There is what the Lord revealed to me, and since the group is small, I'll share this tonight. There's a ceiling over this area, a ceiling, a spiritual ceiling, and it keeps ministry at a certain level that the devil is safe and comfortable with. So you can do ministry at a certain level and then the enemy is not really upset about this because a lot of times what seems to be ministry and what seems to be God is not always God. It's not always what the Holy Spirit wants and desires for His people. The, 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 the real question is, is when you see something being done, is not is there growth, is there fruit is the question. The kingdom of God, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. When the kingdom of God manifests itself in a certain area, there is always the fruit that the kingdom of God has been here. It's like a shirt where you go to Cedar Point and you say, I, you know, Cedar Point, uh, was, I, was, I survived the magnum, I survived the, you know, I survived the millennium force. When you have the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God has been there, there's always evidence that the kingdom of God has been there. You always bring back the t-shirt. Anytime you experience the kingdom, you're always going to bring back the t-shirt that you experienced the kingdom. You're going to see evidence in your life. When people see you and they see you excited. When people see you, uh, someone asked me just the other day, they said, what is it about you, you know? What is it about you? I mean, there's times I have my down days, but what is it about you? You, know, you seem like you have light in your eyes. And I asked the Lord, I said, what is it about me? <laughs> you should ask the Lord sometimes, what is it about you? When someone sees you, they notice there's something different about you. 
I said, I know I could say I got the Holy Spirit in my life. I know I could say I got the Holy Ghost in my life. I mean, we could give these generic answers, but what specifically is it, Lord, that's in me that these people are seeing? You know what the Lord told me it was? He said, it's goodness. I post about it on Facebook. You know, when you get a revelation from God, He says, you're going straight to Facebook. That's exactly right. You're going right on Facebook and putting that revelation on there. I said, what is it about goodness? And the Lord had me study it, and I went right to the Greek because... You know, that's what I like to do. Goodness actually is, you ready for this? Write this down. This is powerful. This will change your life. This is deep. It's the act of being good. How about that? <laughs> All right, we can go home now. It's the quality of being good. Actually, goodness is what Jesus Christ demonstrated. It's the demonstration that's of it. the kingdom of God in your life. The kingdom of God can't be anything but good. And, the, and goodness is much like gentleness, except the difference is goodness isn't always gentle. Hello, somebody. Amen. People don't always just respect. Sometimes it's not meant for you to be gentle. Sometimes it's meant for you to be firm. That's what God's calling from the area. So what are you talking about, firm? When Jesus went into the, uh, uh, when Jesus went into the temple, and you know we talked about Matthew last week, and one thing I was saying about the kingdom, we're doing a, a study on the kingdom for those people that haven't been here last week and we're going through everything. One thing I was talking about when Jesus came, this is past and review. I'm just being led of the Spirit to minister tonight. That's okay. All right. Thank you, Brother Moore. I know Brother Moore. <laughs> That's how he does all his sermons. <laughs> that is true. Um, the, the Spirit of God showed me, uh, when you see the kingdom of God, what is the kingdom? If you're taking notes, you can write this down. It's this past and review. The kingdom of God is what Jesus Christ, what God is doing through Jesus Christ to reconcile the world back to himself and reassert his rule over creation. You mean Jesus isn't, God's not in control of everything? No, he's not. That's why he had to send Jesus to come back. If God's in control of everything, then you can blame him for killing 200,000 people in 2004 with the tsunamis. If God in control, well, God is sovereign, he's over everything. If he was sovereign and in control of everything, why did he allow this whole thing to happen? He gave his responsibility to, to men, and he expected people through their responsibility. He expected people through uh, uh, mankind to, to assert his responsibility, and man didn't assert his responsibility. The presence of God is here. He spends that tonight. He sense his presence. Things are going to break off people's life. And so he just said, well, you know, God's not in control of everything. That's why he had to send Jesus Christ to come to the earth so that Jesus could take back what the devil stole. He could take back the power that the enemy has over mankind, and he can begin reasserting his power. There is going to be a day, if you read the back of the book, Revelation chapter 21 and Revelation chapter 22, where you see that God reigns. Amen. It's called the new heavens and the new earth. It's called the age of the ages. And you'll see that in the age of the ages, this is getting to the end of this study, that there is a gigantic wall that is built all over the new Jerusalem, which is a massive, huge cube. These guys probably have been talking about it. There's been a massive cube that's built all over the New Jerusalem, this huge wall to keep enemies out. And you think to yourself, why is there going to be enemies? Why is this wall built? But you know what you'll notice? There's a massive gate that's leading into the city, and the Word of God says that this gate is never shut. The gate is never shut. Why would you build a gigantic wall but leave the gate open all the time? The reason why you'd build a gigantic wall and leave the gate open all the time is because God wants you to know that the city is secure, but there'll never be any enemy to ever get its way into the city. There's going to be a day where God demonstrates his power, he demonstrates his ability, and every enemy shall be destroyed. Are you telling me there's not going to be death one day? That's what I'm telling you. I talked to a woman on the phone today, and she was telling me how her husband went home to be with Jesus. He died and went to heaven. Some friends of ours here. And, uh, you know, I answered the phone as a pastor. I put my pastor voice on. I said... <laughs> I said yes I said oh I'm so sorry to hear that I, how are you doing how is your family doing she said Chris stop being so sad she said stop acting so down she goes you know my husband when we have his uh, when we have his birthday or, or his, his funeral his home going service we're going to have a roast that's what my husband want to do we're going to have a roast we're going to pull out everything we're going to have a big barbecue and I started laughing. I says, are you, what are you, and she goes, that's what my husband would want. He's in heaven with the Lord. He doesn't have death anymore. She had in her spirit, in her heart, she understood that her husband had overcome death by the power of God. You guys are looking at me like I'm crazy now. Are you here? She understood that the enemy had been defeated. She understood that death had been destroyed. There's coming a day where it's going to be destroyed. And do you know why? It's because Jesus is going to take back control of everything. Everything's coming back under his control. When I was praying for a man last week, I shared this. The guy actually died. Finally, he, he finally went home. The pastor said there, wasn't always supposed to be this way. 
Here you have a man laying in bed dying. Sickness has gotten his body. And I don't believe in healing, but people gonna, even if you believe in healing, you're going to die eventually. And it wasn't always supposed to be that way. Death wasn't supposed to be there. That wasn't something that God constituted because he's not in control of everything. Because man gave his control to the enemy. That's Psalm chapter 8. And God says, oh, look what he did. I gave him this. You ever, you know, with parents, you have kids, you give them something, they destroy it, right? Remember my dad used to give me his Bible and look at it. One day my dad came back and we had written with the crayons all over the Bible. He give you something and the kid takes it and destroys it. And you know what the daddy has to do? Okay, give it back. I'm going to repair it and give it back to you. That's what God did with the earth and he's doing it through Jesus Christ. And you know what you call this? You call it the coming of the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God, if you're taking notes tonight, the kingdom of God is what God is doing through Jesus Christ to reconcile the world back to himself and reassert his rule over creation. He's coming back to take back control. Amen. Amen. ISIS won't be in control. Whatever Republican and Democrat you like is not going to be in control. That's right. Who do you want for 2016? I want Jesus to come back. Jesus. How about that? So you better, if you want to get married, you better do it now. Amen. <laughs> Write this down. It's His reign in our lives. It's a present spiritual reality. We're going to talk about these in a second. Say a present spiritual reality. It's a realm in which Christ's followers have entered. And it's a realm that we're going to enter when Christ returns. Say this with me. It's His rule, reign, and authority. It's a present spiritual reality. Hello, somebody, you here. It's a realm in which Christ's followers have entered. Turn to the neighbor next to you and say, do you know Jesus? Come on, say, do you know Jesus? Say, then guess what? You've entered into that realm. Oh, see, this is, this, is, this is what I want you to understand and see. If you have your Bible, go with me to Matthew 13. And uh, I was getting ready to come here tonight, and I felt led that I needed to go back over something I talked about last week, and if we don't get past this part tonight, then we have next week. Amen. <laughs> Matthew 13. I want, this is an important statement before we read these mystery parables of the kingdom. And sometimes there's a saying that people say that I've heard people say it. Well, you know, we're not just supposed to preach Jesus. We're supposed to preach what Jesus preached. How many have heard that saying before? We're supposed to preach what Jesus preached, not just Jesus. But here's the reality of it. When you understand the kingdom of God, when you understand what it is, because the reason I'm doing this series is because in my church, you will see in this ministry, when you have an understanding of the kingdom of God, it's alive in your spirit. It's in your heart. It is alive in you. That understanding of the kingdom is going to produce in your life movement forward. Amen. It's going to produce in your life movement forward. When you look at believers today, and they're always, this is their issue. This pulpit represents their problem. This is what they do. They're always going around their problem. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, January, February, March, April, getting dizzy, May, June, July, going around the same problem. All they want in life is to come to church and let you know how they can get away from that problem. They're looking for freedom from this. So in their life, whatever this issue may be, they may say, you know what, this is my problem. All I want Jesus to do is take this from me. So the Lord comes along. Maybe he takes it. Maybe it's not taken. Maybe they're going to have to circulate that problem. Whether it's there or not, what they don't understand is that God's kingdom is much bigger than your issue and your problem. There's never going to be a time where you don't have an issue. You put out one fire, you may have three days and another fire is going to start. You put out that fire, guess what's going to happen? Another start, fire is going to start. How many of you got relief from all your problems here tonight? Raise your hand. Good, no liars. We don't have to call up an altar call tonight. We all have issues. We all have problems. Guess what? The minute you stomp it out, you're going to say, See, I did it all on my own strength. Yeah. Oh, there's a fire. i got to go put that one out. So, do you know what happens to people? They get discouraged. 
they get upset because they say, I have all these fires going on in my life. And, and they call the pastor and I'm here to help you with your fires. That's my job. I'm never going to get tired of helping you put out your fires. But you know what? What I'm going to show you as a pastor and what the ministers here will show you is that there's never going to be a time we don't put those out. So then how can you be content as a believer? How can you be find your purpose as a believer? You have to get the understanding of the kingdom of God in your heart. Are you here? Because when you get the understanding of the kingdom in your heart, when you see what the kingdom is, that's why we're doing this series, is that you're going to become so full that you're part of a present spiritual reality. Hello, somebody. Yeah. You're a part of an. Uh, you're a part of a reality that has ushered itself into the earth through the coming of Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. He said he's Emmanuel. He's God. Whoa, 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 whoa. What did he mean when you know we sing? Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, right? I should make us sing that here in March. People are like, no, don't sing that. We just got out of the snow. I don't want to think about going back into it. You know, here in Michigan, we think we're out of the snow, right? <laughs> whoa, 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 wait a second. Emmanuel means, Brother Moore, there you go. What does this mean? Well, we say, oh, you know, we have God with us. A cute little baby in a manger, just rock a by baby. No, 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 no. Hold on just a second. Genesis 3.15 is where this kingdom story started. That's right. You got it? Let me read it real quick. Is anyone here tonight? Yeah. Jesus, uh, God says to prophetically the first prophecy in the Bible, and I'll put enmity, enmity between you and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. What are you talking about? What is this all this talking about? It meant that God was prophesying that there was going to come a day where mankind wasn't going to have to rely on any prophet. We're going to have to rely on any evangelist. We're not going to have to rely on any preacher. Because guess what a preacher can't do? Guess what Isaiah and Zechariah and Jeremiah couldn't do? They could not usher in another reality. The only reality that the Old Testament saints had was that there was a reality that was yet to come. And until God came to be with mankind, the only reality that they would have was the fact that there's a future hope left for them. And so when, are you here? So when God came into the earth through Jesus Christ, it wasn't just a baby that was born. It wasn't just flesh that came in that was mixed with God. It was a seed that came from heaven that was representing a new reality that if you believe and have faith in Him, guess what's going to happen? It was going to propel you into another dimension where things, where 2 plus 2 equals 19. Where sowing one seed can produce a hundredfold harvest. Where putting one tomato seed in the ground can produce a thousand tomato plants. Hello, somebody. Right. It's a new reality that only the people that have been illuminated by the power of the Holy Spirit are going to have access into. So you didn't come into this kingdom because you discovered it. We're going to see that in just a second. You came into this kingdom because the Holy Spirit illuminated and opened up your heart to know who Jesus Christ was. You know, some people say, when are you going to talk about my problems? No, 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 I'm talking about your problems. I'm talking about your issues. Jesus just didn't, you know, Jesus, Jesus didn't sit on a hill and say, oh, you have this problem in your life. I'm so sorry about that. Oh, you have these problems in your life. No, 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 he helped people. But the message that Jesus had was about the kingdom. Because guess what? The next spiritual reality, this spiritual reality, is the answer to all the problems. When you're discouraged, what do you look to? The kingdom. When you're discouraged, what do you look to? What Jesus has ushered in. So, write this down if you're taking notes. Before the end of the age and the coming or the second coming of Jesus, it was God's purpose that the powers of the kingdom of God that are yet to come should enter into human history and accomplish a defeat of Satan's kingdom and set at work the dynamic power of God's reign upon men. Hello, somebody. That's a lot. That's a, that's a mouthful. Can I read it again? Okay, this is meat for you. I'm throwing meat out here. This is, this is grade A meat. Before the end of the age and the coming of the kingdom, 
in its glorious power. That's the second coming of Jesus. God's purpose was that the powers of his coming kingdom. How many know he hasn't come in his fullness yet? He's on the way, but he's not. he hasn't gotten here yet. Because he's merciful. Because he has to bring judgment. Should enter into human history to accomplish a defeat of Satan's kingdom. And to set at work the dynamic power of God's reign upon men. Here's the thing. When you look in the Old Testament, you will see that there was, in the hearts of every Old Testament believer, an expectation. The children of Israel remained holy in their lives. The children of Israel walked uprightly before God when they set their hope upon the expectation that there was going to come. See, what they didn't, they didn't understand the whole concept of the Messiah yet, like we're going to talk about it. But what they understood is that there was going to come a king as a son of Abraham, like we talked last week. And this is Bible class, so we're talking deeper tonight. This is, this is where we really get into the meat of the Word of God. Amen? Amen? Son of Abraham, because God made a promise to Abraham and he was going to keep it. That's right. But also he is going to be the son of David. Because, and I'm not going back over it, God promised David and says, There's going to come one from your house who is a son unto you. That's why in Matthew chapter 1 verse 1, the very two things that come right from the shoot in the New Testament, the very first two things you see is son of Abraham, son of David. Yeah. And then it shows you exactly how he came through the Davidic line and the Abrahamic line. And so you have Jews or Jewish people at that time who really weren't called Jews back then. They were called Hebrews. You had those Hebrews that were looking for son of Abraham, son of David, because they believed that there was going to be a restoration of the Davidic kingdom. Somebody was going to come along who was anointed for the task of reasserting a Davidic rule over the people of David. This person would realign all of Israel under the house of David, and it was going to be an imminent and predominant Jewish rule over all the people. But that's not what was God's plan. That's what they thought God's plan was. But do you know what God introduced? Oh, we're going to get to this when we get to the Apostle Paul's letter. God introduced the concept of an ecclesia, a synagogue, a regathering of the people of God, which was called the church, which the church word in the Greek actually means synagogue, which means that God was saying, you know what? There's going to be a regathering, but it's not just going to be Hebrew people. There's going to be a regathering, but it's not just going to be the Jews. There's going to be a regathering of my people upon the earth under the son of David, other than the son of Abraham. And guess who it's going to be? It's going to be all nations of the earth, and there is going to be no apex Race, if you will. That's right. That's why when Jesus says, uh, I shall build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What was he talking about the church? Was he talking about a white steeple? Was he talking about UPC people? Was he talking about the assemblies of God? He was talking about the fact that Jesus in his reign, was regathering his people from all over the earth again. Spirit-filled, the people that have received the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. See, we get, we get so, we, we, we go through life, and we go through life with our own mindsets. We, we want to be an engineer, or we want to be a doctor, or we want to be a lawyer, you know, we want to be the next superstar, we want to have kids, we want to have babies, we just want our problems to be fixed, we want all these things to happen. But you know what we forget? We forget the reason that we are here. The purpose that we have as human beings is not just your family. It's not just your dreams. It's not just your hope. It's not just to get all your life goals done. The reason you are here is because the Lord Jesus has elected you. He has called you. He has called you a saint. And he's regathering you and millions of other people, billions of other people from around the globe to be a part of his everlasting kingdom. Are you here tonight, church? That's why we're going to pray for other churches. That's why when you come up here and you hear me praying for the churches, you say, whoa, 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 pray for your church. Don't pray for the other churches. They're competition. No, there's no competition. This is all the church, the regathered people of Israel. The regathered, and I say Israel, I don't mean just the Jews. I mean the new spiritual Israel. We are not Israel by the flesh. We are Israel. Are you here? We are Israel by the spirit. Who is Israel? Those that believe with the faith of Abraham. That's right, amen. I'm not just praying for Light of Today. Light of Today is a unit. It is a company of believers. Come on, that's right. 
Just like the 181st Airborne. 181st Airborne doesn't just get in their jets and go attack Fort Bragg somewhere else, you know, because they're another Air Force. No, 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 no. When battle comes and battle ensues, you know what they say? We need the 181st Airborne. We need 104th Airborne. We need the 75th Airborne. We're all going in for an attack against the forces of darkness. That's right. Yeah. So, so, wait, wait a second. Wait, wait. So you find out. In America, in Detroit, that you discover there's some type of outbreak in suicide. You find out the high school people are all cutting. You find out there's issues going on in, the, in, in, in this area. What do you need? You need to call in the 101st Airborne. You need to call in the 84th Airborne. You need to call in the 74th Airborne. Get the regathering group of the church to be the salt and light that God said they're supposed to be. Where is the kingdom mentality gone? Because the enemy comes along and he tries to choke the word of God out you and make you forget that you're part of a present spiritual reality. That's right. Are you here tonight? I'm preaching by the Spirit. Well, I don't like what the pastor's doing. You know, because the pastor, he's always up there talking about the kingdom and he's trying to get us to move, but he's never talking about my problems. <laughs> he's telling you how to fix your problems. Hey, Dr. Phil is on every five days a week. He'll help you fix those. He's not all bad. He says some good things. Dr. Philisms. He's not going to teach you about the kingdom. No, 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 but you need the kingdom in your life. Amen. So I go back to say this. When the kingdom fills your heart, there is a desire to move in the things of God. I want to move. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move. Just let me get my problems fixed. No, move. Right. Hello, somebody. Well, you know, I can't move right now in the things of God because I have debt. Move. Well, Brother Palmer, you don't understand. I've only been safe for six months. Move. Move. Well, you know, I can't get involved in church leadership because I live 35 miles from church. And God's called me here, but I, I can't just come that way all the time. Move if God's called you to do it. Move. This kid comes three hours every week. Coming three hours every week. Well, why is he coming three hours every week? Don't they have churches in Dayton? No, because God told him this is your post. That's right. <laughs> this is your post. Mm -hmm. Well, it costs money and gas. God's not going to supply it. There you go, a cat on a thousand hills. Well, you know, doesn't that take time? Listen, when God tells you to do something and you do it, there is results. There's fruit. Hello, somebody. Are you here? <laughs> Coming from a true father's heart. <laughs> no, 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 no. See, there's fulfillment that you're going to get in life. The fulfillment that you're going to get is not trying to meet your own needs. I can't tell you how many times. Um, a particular individual in my life tells me every time I see him, I'm not fulfilled, I'm not fulfilled, I'm not fulfilled, I'm not fulfilled. And I said to him, you tell me this every time I meet you, what do you think, that you're going to get a new job, you're going to be fulfilled, you're going to fix this problem, you're going to be fulfilled? You're not going to be fulfilled until you understand that along with this reality, there's another present spiritual reality, and it's that reality that when you step into it, you accelerate. When you step into it, you find purpose. When you step into it, you enter the seasons this guy has called you to enter into. Hello, somebody. So, the reason why there is, see, when you have an understanding of the kingdom of God, you automatically, you can write this down if you're taking notes, when you have an understanding of the kingdom of God, and what I mean by understanding, I don't mean that you went to Bible school and you understand all five points of the kingdom. What I mean by understanding the kingdom of God is when the reality of the kingdom of God fills your heart, you immediately look different from every other person in church. In church, that's the key. In church, in the pews. In the pews. That's it. In the pews. You know, someone said, well, you know, this church, you know, we've got things going on. You go to church, and this is how they are at worship. What starts happening? The worship leaders aren't like that, of course, because the worship leaders have to be the worship leaders. 
the worship leader is going to be the most energetic. If the, wor- the worship leader is, is the level. You never see the people going above the worship leaders. You never see the people going above the preacher. The church barometer, temperature gauge, all right? It's like my temperature gauge at home. If I put it at 75, it ain't going to be 80. Unless it's broke, unless something's wrong. If the, the, the barometer is the pastor and the worship leader. If it's 80, it's never going to be 90. That's right. That's why the pastor needs to be praying. Yeah, that's, it. that's why the worship leader needs to be praying. That's right. And do you know what's going to take it up? The understanding of the kingdom. Every time you pray, we say, why are you doing 21 days of prayer and fasting beginning of May, May 4th? Why are you doing this? Because you want to know something? I'm going to show up every day, five days a week, 21 days, 5.30 in the morning at my church and pray. You can come join me if you want. I encourage you to come join me. Well, I, you know what will start happening? I'll start praying. I'll go before God. I'll say, Father, I lift this church up to you. I thank you for the finances. I thank you for the building. I thank you for the messages. I thank you for this. You know what God will do? The Holy Ghost will come in there. Take my heart. Open up the doors of my heart. And the revelation of God will start That's filling it. my heart. And you know what will start happening to me? There will be an understanding of the kingdom of God. That's it. You know what God may not do? Stomp out fires. It might make them bigger. My fires may get bigger. But you know what might happen? When you see those fires, you have the kingdom. You know why you have joy? Because you got it in prayer. Do you know why you have peace? Because you got it in prayer. Do you know why you don't care at all? Because you got it in prayer. So you come in prayer, and you know what starts happening? You go from 85 <laughs> to 90. You go from 90 to 100. And guess what starts happening? Believers who are religious. Believers who don't want to believe the way you do will come in and just say, I don't like that pastor. He's at 100. I don't like how he preaches. I don't like what he talks about. I don't want... You know what they're saying? They're saying, I'm at 50 and I ain't going to 100. I like it chilly in here and you like it hot. Hello, somebody. Shake people out of their seat. Okay, go with me to Daniel chapter 2. Let me show you what I mean. Daniel chapter 2. Not feeling like Bible study tonight, is it? Kingdom study. I tell you, when I get into prayer and God starts moving, I get so excited. That's why, you know, when I was an evangelist for six years, I'd go to churches, brother Moore, and you can always tell when the churches are praying. Yep. Right? You you travel and preach. Am I telling the truth? Oh yeah. There's There's an electricity in the air when the people are preaching. Daniel chapter 2, let's see here, and, um, okay, Daniel chapter 2 is a vision that Nebuchadnezzar has of great statues, and the different parts of the statues represent different kingdoms at that time. And it says here, in verse number 43, uh, 43, and whereas, let's go to verse number 44. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. Someone say a kingdom. Kingdom. He's going to set up a kingdom. So do you mean that there's kingdoms on the earth that God's going to set the kingdom up over? 100%. Which shall never be destroyed. Now that's interesting because if you're a patriot, an American patriot, guess what? America, this kingdom is not going to stand forever. That's right. Well, it's my country. uh, Listen, I love America. Red, white, and blue. Hashtag America. Amen. But I got to tell you something. I'm a citizen and I would fight for this country. And I would serve this country. But you want to know something? Not at the expense of betraying the kingdom of God. Amen. I believe in the kingdom. That's the really... Actually, just because you're an American doesn't mean that you're not a stranger. You're an American. You ain't going to go to heaven with that American uh, citizen's green card that you have. You're only going to go to heaven. God only looks at you and say, member of the kingdom. That's why we get so much pride sometimes as Americans that we just shouldn't have it. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consumes all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. And here is the vision that Daniel received that showed it. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain with hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, and the brass, and the clay, and the silver, and the gold, the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof a sure thing. Someone say amen to that. Amen. Do you know what the stone represents? 
notice the Bible says, the stone. Where did the stone come out of? The stone came out of the mountain of God. What do you mean that it wasn't cut with hands? That means that man had nothing to do with the formation of this kingdom. It was el naturale. Amen. This kingdom. You know, you guys are, come on, are you here tonight? Amen. If you can't stay awake, there's donuts in the back. Go eat one. The kingdom had nothing to do with man's formation. That's Boy, I'm, are you getting blessed by this, Jordan? You're getting blessed by this. Amen. It had nothing to do with man's formation. That's right. The kingdom of God had to do with God's sovereignty and saying, guess what I'm going to do? Now watch this. Listen, listen, listen. Had to do with God's sovereignty. When God says, my kingdom is coming to an area, you have two options. You can either A, say, okay, God, we're on board. Let's ride this out. If you can hit the door, close the door. Or you could say B. You say, my kingdom's coming to this area. You could say B. No, 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 no. I, I, don't, I, I don't, We can't have the kingdom here. I mean, listen, we like our, we have everything that we want, but we can't have the kingdom here. So do you know what will happen? Either the kingdom of God will become a reality in your life, and all these things shall be added unto you, or you're going to get shaken by the kingdom. That's it. That kingdom will smash into you and shake you. Amen, somebody. That's Amen. It. So wait a second. What do you what do you mean by all this, Brother Palmer? What if people have been praying in the city of Detroit? Yep. What if people have been asking God to move in the city of Detroit? That's it. What if people have been what if there's been praying intercessory groups asking God to move in Detroit? And God <laughs> says, I've heard their cries long enough, like the children of Israel in Egyptian bondage under Pharaoh. And God says, I'm going to answer and I'm going to respond. What's he going to bring to the city? He is not going to bring puppy dogs and smurfs and balloons and cotton candy. That's right. He's going to bring a stone that was not hewn with somebody's hands and he's going to come collide into the city and any pastor that opposes it, anybody that's against it is going to be offended. Hello, somebody. He's bringing his kingdom. Are you guys here? Are you guys here? Are you excited? Because the kingdom of God Guess what? So you say that reality doesn't exist? No, no, no. The reality itself exists, but God is going to make the reality real to his people. That's it. Praise God. He's going, how does God make the reality real to his people? He gives to you a revelation. One day you're sitting there, you don't understand. Oh, woe is me. I got these problems. Oh, 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 oh. God says, you know what? Maybe you want to pray a little bit. You say, okay, I'll get in the prayer. Because I'll tell you something. The times in my life where I get the most discouraged, times in my life where I get the most sidetracked, the times in my life where I just find my head in the gutter. I saw a picture on the internet and it showed a guy, and he was laying like this, and his head was in a urinal. It was really funny. <laughs> like his head just stuck in a urinal. That's me when I'm not praying. Amen. But you're a man of God. No. If I'm not praying, I forget I'm a man of God. That's right. Yeah, it doesn't make him. Oh, I haven't prayed anymore. I guess I'm not a man of God. No, you're just forgetting that you're a man of God. Right. That's right. Because when you pray, guess what? You're like Popeye. You eat that spinach. You know, you remind yourself. Popeye never. Yeah. Popeye's muscles were always the same. When he ate that spinach, though, is when he remembered that his muscles were there to back him. <laughs> Hello, somebody. You start praying. You start praying. Guess what happens? You take your spinach. And you know what your spinach is? It's a revelation of the kingdom. That's God it. says, open up. Let me pour my revelation and understanding of all that's available to you inside of Christ Jesus. And guess what starts happening? All your problems, you give it to one, two, like, what was the guy's name he used to punch? Bruno, what was it? Brutus? Brutus, right? Smack Brutus out of the way. Because you have the kingdom in your life. God's got you. He has a kingdom. What's my answer? I don't know. He isn't. How many times have you been dealing with the same problem? How many years? 10, 15, 20? That problem is usually a person. Amen? You say you have a problem, you don't mean you have a problem. You mean you have a person. That's right. You say, I can't get rid of this problem. What you're really saying is, I can't get rid of this person. I wish I could get rid of them, but I have to live with them. Amen? I have to sleep with them every night. You know what? You don't need to get rid of the person. You need a revelation of the kingdom of God in your life. So you start praying. You start, God, I got that revelation. Praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, coming in 530 prayer, asking God, asking God, asking God. You know what God does? Bam! He gives you a revelation. And guess what starts happening? You know how to fight. You know how to deal with this person. You know how to apply kindness. You know how to apply goodness. Things start happening to you. Why? Because... In your prayers, you have intersected into another realm. And that realm is the realm of the kingdom. 
Hello, somebody. You got to remind yourself I have the kingdom. You got to wake up in the morning, look in the mirror after you get done playing with your hair and blow drying and putting 16 different kinds of conditions and look at yourself and say, I have the kingdom. Hello, somebody here. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jordan. I'm glad you think it's good. Glad, Brother Jordan. I pay him to amen me. Amen. Go with me to Matthew chapter 13. I feel like just exhorting you tonight. Um, well, let me, let me deviate from this. And if you're taking notes, you can write this down. I'll be done in 15 minutes. When you, part of, part of being a part of the kingdom is understanding who Jesus is. Hello, somebody. Because I start off with this statement that when you preach the kingdom, you are also preaching Jesus because he's the king of the kingdom. Jesus, 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 by and large, preached himself. He talked about that no one comes to the Father except through me. That's right. Because Jesus understood that he was son of Abraham. Jesus understood that he was son of David. And everything, as I said this last week, everything Jesus said, every parable, every beatitude, every sermon on the mount, his Matthew 24, 25, Olivet Discourse, was all about the kingdom of God. There's nothing he didn't preach that had to do with the kingdom. That's why when you have a ministry that is going to bear eternal fruit for God, that ministry is kingdom-minded. That's it. Well, Brother Paul, what about missions? No, 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 wait a second. I understand what James says that true religion is this, that we should visit the needy and afflicted and, and give to the poor, etc., etc. We need to do those things. Christians have to give to the poor. I just love missions work. I don't ever criticize people doing missions work. That's right. But what makes the person putting up orphanages in the United Way different from each other? There you go. One's doing it for the kingdom and one's doing it to help people. You're not doing it just to help people. You're doing it because Jesus told you to do it. That's right. Hello, somebody. Now, I'm sure that thank God for what the United Way is doing with orphanages and we don't make criticism. But the eternal thing is what you're doing for the kingdom because guess what? There's going to be people that build orphanages that go to hell. That's right. Because they don't know Jesus. That's right. Now, um, so the most important thing you can have the kingdom of God is not just the works. It comes from a revelation of who Jesus is. The whole book of Mark, the very first thing that the book of Mark does in Mark chapter 1 and verse 1, is it introduces you Jesus as, it says Jesus Christ, the Son of God. If I'm not mistaken, those are the first few words of the book of Mark. Because when you see the book of Mark, you know, what we see in the book of Mark is, I always say that Mark is like one of those action movies. It's actually like a James Bond movie. You know why I like James Bond movies? Because, I'm sorry if you're offended, I like James Bond. Amen. <laughs> I don't just watch TVN's Carmen and Kirk Cameron and, and, and Left Behind. <laughs> no. James Bond, you know how a James Bond movie starts off? No music. No introduction, no nothing. All it is is you're sitting there and all of a sudden a scene comes on. And it's action-packed. He's in Bond's in some kind of trouble, and then guns start shooting, tanks start blowing up. Here comes Bond. He comes out and jumps off the cliff, right? And then all of a sudden, after this big action-packed scene, it goes dark. And then the Bond song comes on, right? <laughs> then he does the whole Bond thing. Well, this is, what, this is an action-loaded sequence, and it takes you into everything that goes on. This is how, sorry if you think this is crude, this is kind of how Mark starts off. You see Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It's like Bond, right? Then all of a sudden, you see casting out devils, healing the sick, doing all these miracles, doing all these signs, doing all these wonders, and he's introducing to you, not Bond, he's introducing you the Messiah. That's right. Amen. Did all these miracles. But do you know what happens? So guess what? You know when you're reading this as a person in the 21st century, here comes our Bible study for tonight, you know as reading this in the 21st century that this is the Messiah. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And if you were literate in any type of Hebrew understanding, He's the one who's fulfilling the prophecies. That's right. Not anybody could just come along with healing in His wings and His tassels. Not anybody. See, the, when G, we are commissioned by the Spirit of God to open up blind eyes. That's we're right. commissioned by the Spirit of God to cast out devils. We're commissioned by the Spirit of God to preach deliverance. We're commissioned by the Spirit of God to be salt and light. But guess what? Someone had to do it first. That's right. <laughs> 
And there, when he did it first, he wasn't just doing it to be a nice guy That's and right. everybody help him. He was doing it not just to give people help. He wasn't doing it. He loved everybody and he just wanted to help everybody. No, no, no. He wasn't doing it just for that. He was doing it so you would know that the Messiah has come and a new reality That's is it. here. Amen. There was a point to his miracles. There was a point to everything Jesus did. He was telling you, look and see, it is me. It is I. The Messiah is here. What does that mean for you? New reality. What does it mean for you? New kingdom. What does it mean for you? Newness is here. That's it. Come on. That's it. But do you know what the amazing thing about the book of Mark is? If you look how it's set up, people could not figure out who he is. <clears throat> Nobody understood who Jesus was. That is the conundrum of the book of Mark. And you'll see in chapter 8. That this is where it comes to escalation, where the disciples start to realize, oh, wait a second, maybe this is him. It might be, but it might not be, but we think it's him. See, I ministered this at our, our, our study the other night. In order to be, in order to be, in order to be, you can write this down if you didn't write it down a few Friday nights ago. A disciple of God, a disciple of Jesus. In order to be and access the kingdom of God. And be a part of the kingdom, you have to know who Jesus is. Yep. And I don't mean your opinion of Jesus, because let me tell you what happens to a lot of folks. Jesus is and becomes a very ambiguous figure in history. <laughs> don't make me tell you talk about that. Jesus to a lot of people becomes their personality. If you're kind and sweet. And you believe in helping kids all across the world. Jesus becomes a social justice Jesus, exactly. But if you live down in the, you know, confederacy, you live down south, Jesus becomes, you know, uh, the uh, uh, guns and ammo Jesus. He becomes the RNA, the, the NRA Jesus. You know, if you're into being liberal and just tolerant, he becomes a tolerant, let's love everybody, peace, rainbow, Jesus. Just would be nice to everybody. And then, of course, if you're into winning friends and influencing people, he becomes the winning friends and influencing people, Jesus. But again, if you're into just really condemning people because you have a self-righteous personality, what he becomes is the harsh, mean Jesus who would turn the tables over you just because you took a sip of wine. And if you become the, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, you know, there's people that believe in the health and fitness Jesus. <laughs> Get out there and do jumping jacks because Jesus, he walked, you know, what they, here you have the whole thing about the kingdom of God in the Bible. You have everything, but you know what they see, I don't know how, they, you know what they're seeing in the Bible? He walked from Capernaum to Galilee. That's 35 miles and he ate fish. He was healthy, Jesus. That's right. Didn't need a treadmill. He's health and fitness, Jesus. Why do we got all these Jesuses? Listen, Jesus man had a belly hanging over. I don't know. <laughs> well, don't say that about my Lord. He was he would fit. He looked he looked like like what the people we see in People magazine and Teen. That's what you think. Yeah, <laughs> he started for forty days in the wilderness. I don't think he was coming out looking like Fabio. <laughs> Well, you know, and guess what? If you think, and, and here's the thing, if you, and I was talking to someone about this who was a doctor just a few days ago, they were telling me how in Europe, I didn't know this, I've been to Europe, that what is beautiful over in Europe is not beautiful over in America. Right. Actually, I saw an ad the other day from Life magazine in 1960s, it says, or 1940s, it says, it was a, uh, probably at that time, a racy ad. She showed a woman in her undergarments, and it says, the perfect body. She didn't look like something you see at Victoria's Secret. You know what she looked like? She looked like she was big, heavier. Because back then, skinny wasn't attractive. Back then, you know what was attractive? Being bigger. Now it's reflipped. So guess what? If health and fitness Jesus was in the 1960s, he was bigger. Health and fitness Jesus today, you know what he is? He's skinny and twiggy. He looks like Brad Pitt, right? I mean, do you see Son of God, the movie? This Jesus looked like he was a model. Yep. 
And I said to myself, that's too good looking to be Jesus. <laughs> there was nothing comely about his appearance. That's right. That's right. He was not attractive, nothing to be looked at. And when his body, he wasn't walking around with wind blowing in his hair. <laughs> I am the Messiah, the Son of God. I am, this is my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased. That wasn't Jesus. Yeah, it wasn't. We're letting culture define who he is. But you know what we're not doing? We're not getting on our knees and praying and asking God. Who are you, Jesus? Because I don't want to be a disciple. I'm not just trying to do social justice. I'm not just trying to bring a revolution in tolerance. I'm not just trying to be win friends and influence people. I'm not. You know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to do what Jesus Christ told me to do. Get the captives free. Deliver the sick. Cast out devils. That's it. Amen. Where are we getting all this stuff from? Our lack of prayer. That's it. And connecting with the heart of God, who his son is. But you know what? In the meantime, you don't realize that when you're trying to put out all your problems, the biggest problem you have is your deficiency of understanding who Christ is. That's it. Preach. That's good stuff. My God. And that's the problem I think that we have in the churches today. We don't realize who he is. Not in the sense that he wants us to understand who Jesus is. And so... If you have your... I didn't even get to Matthew 13 tonight. <clears throat> I enjoyed the lesson for tonight. Boy, Della, Shar, Mr. Ronai. No. <laughs> we have a volunteer. We always joke with her. We say she's perfect attendant. She's been to more services here than I have. <laughs> it's about understanding who Jesus is. Amen. And to truly walk as a disciple of Christ... You need an understanding of who he is. I don't have time to give you anything else. But I'm going to say this before I close. Is that what our ministry here is at Light of Today. Is that we are shaping people for the kingdom of God. I just sent out a letter, a partner letter. It will be in, in your mailboxes if you're on the ministry list next week. That the Spirit of God started this church based upon Matthew 4.16. They that sat in the region of, we'll call it the damned, light has sprung up. But do you know, you know what we don't talk about sometimes is the darkness. The darkness had great potential to be lit. You ever think about the darkness? We look at the darkness sometimes and we say, shame on the darkness. We condemn the darkness. We look at the darkness as like this. I was with an Ohio State fan the other day. You know, Ohio State. They said, you know, Columbus is a good town. I said, they ain't getting me to Columbus. <laughs> and we look at the darkness sometimes. We're light. God forbid the darkness. But maybe it's possible. I'm not saying, I may say maybe to be, to really say it is. That the darkness is great potential to be lit. That's it. And so what the Spirit of God has in my heart for the vision of this ministry is, we're going to minister to people's needs. We're going to do our counseling. We're going to let people come in, and I'm going to have counseling appointments and be do, put the pastor hat on and do what God's called me to do, help people get their lives on track. But in the same sense of doing that, we're going to prepare ourselves to be light wherever we go, sharp, Holy Ghost-filled, full of the power of the Spirit of God, so that when we go into that darkness, we don't go intimidated by darkness. When has light, when has light ever been intimidated by darkness? Light always overcomes. Light always. This sounds like my opening sermon message. Amen. Light always triumphs. Do you believe that? Amen. And so we're going forth in that. And uh, the way we do that is with the move of God in our hearts, with the kingdom of God in our spirit. That's why I'm preaching on the kingdom. Amen? Amen. Did you enjoy it tonight? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Now that you've heard the light of today, connect with us. Go to our website, lightoftoday.org. Write us at P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. Or tweet Chris Palmer at twitter.com forward slash Chris Palmer. Our podcasts are free and updated regularly, so make sure to share them with a friend and tune in again to The Light of Today with Chris Palmer.